2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time,
3: time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
1: I tweeted out that Brock Purdy now has as many tons as Jimmy Garoppolo had as is uh, in his entire postseason career and there were multiple people into it saying like don't bash Jimmy which I actually thought was pretty interesting because all I did was tweet out a fact like I didn't yeah, I didn't put a judgment in it I that. I didn't I didn't I didn't say anything negative about Polo. I simply pointed out that fact and the reason being is because I think it is always important to look at context, right? And this is the third time that the 49ers have been in the playoff with Kyle Shanahan as head coach. And Zayn used be his best team. And I'm not going to disagree, with you, but far and away, this is his best offense. And I think that yeah. is uniquely different about this of the 49ers and their chances in the playoffs versus 2009 and 2021 at you could argue the offense carried the defense on Saturday, right? Now the defense only gave up 23. They gave up 17 in the first half, and then they gave up a cheap six towards the end of the game, right? They almost, they almost kept that NC 17, uh, status in this game. Uh, but they did give up that that touchdown towards the end. But I think it's important to, to look at it and go, this offense is so dynamically better than either of those offenses in 2019 and 2021 that going – in 2021, if you would have said, hey, you're going to make it Super Bowl, but you're going to have to face – the bills or the chiefs or hell even the Bengals, i'd have been like ooh they was earlier in the season but the Bengals offense the Bengals offense you know had gotten better uh up to that point mm-hmm. um and i would have been like oh that's tough i don't know uh if the defense isn't going to be able to play like they had been in the playoffs i, I don't know that we win that game i i don't I don't know that there's a there's a team in the postseason that the 49ers can't match up with blow for blow at this point. And that I think where it is wholly different than any other experience that we've had as a fan base. At least in the Kyle Shanahan era. And so while I understand. Pointing out Jimmy only had four total touchdowns and Brock had four in one game may seem like I'm trying to say see Brock is better than Jimmy and I wasn't I was really trying to point out that Brockness offense is in such a different stratosphere than those others that I think it's important to understand that because and we set it up at at, at the top of the show this defense it doesn't look as formidable as it did earlier this season. But the nice thing is that it doesn't have to be for this team to win in the postseason, And that I think is the most important development.
2: I think uh, first of all, stop bashing Jamie Bryant. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the thing to remember is just in general, in the NFL, as, as the season goes on, Offenses At the beginning of the season, defenses are ahead of the offenses, right? That's typically how it goes because offenses haven't had much time together. They don't play in the preseason, all that stuff, right? It takes time to get in rhythm. At the end of the year, it flips, and the offenses are the ones that are rolling because they've had a full season together, and, and they've been able to expose defensive tendencies and things like that. They've had a full year of film on defenses. So typically, you see that with most teams, that the defense typically drops off around playoff time. And sometimes the drop-off is dramatic. And the same exact thing happened in 2019, where the defense dropped off a little bit, it was mostly because of injuries because at that time, like it was Tart and Quan Alexander and several other players were, had, were nursing injuries. Several of the key players were nursing injuries, and they had to somewhat, the offense had to somewhat carry the load for a few games there. Uh, the Saints game being the, the kind of crescendo in that, that series. But yeah. right now, when, as we kind of go into the, the recap of this game, I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie I was a little bit worried at the end of that first half and the the offense you could tell that that the first part of the game the, the weather was bothering Brock like it, he wasn't able to throw the ball in the first drive and I was like you know he's been throwing with gloves on in practice why don't we get get let's get him the gloves right and that's something that he he alluded to in his press conference as well when he when he was asked about it and he mentioned that the first the first few throws got away from him just because of the wet weather and that's totally fine and, and a lot of people don't realize that and you see the pundit saying oh well he had a shaky shaky first half well i mean not really if it was dry weather i i would bet on him making those throws right because he he found he made the right read he just had trouble getting the ball to the receiver because of the wet ball if it was if he was throwing it constantly to other people like for example if he had a trevor lawrence first half then i would have been <laughs> really worried right? right but he had he had a much better first half than his than his numbers indicated and i think that a lot of people were misled by just a, a couple of throws. So I was a little bit concerned with how the defense played uh, just because they gave up a couple of big plays that the long touchdown Mooney Ward had his, I would say this was easily his worst game as a 49er and oh, yeah. it's not a big deal because they won, but it's kind of concerning because it came in at a really bad time. And the other thing was that Jimmy Ward at the end of the Wards had a really tough day yesterday, basically right. <laughs> Overall, Jimmy Ward at the end of the first half, uh, I I didn't agree with the squib kick to kick that for the, as for the kickoff, just kick it deep, kick it out of the end zone. And then once they got the ball at like the 38 yard line, I was like, well, they have all three timeouts, like nine seconds left, right? Geno Smith runs, Jimmy Ward inexplicably takes a a stupid roughing penalty or unnecessary roughness penalty. when Geno Smith slides, puts him in a field grain Myers, Myers hits the 56 yarder. And then all of a sudden, the momentum that you had in getting the go-ahead field goal on the previous drive is gone. And at that point, I was kind of worried. And I don't know, yeah. how, how did you guys feel at that point? Yeah,
3: I, I definitely was. And that was one of the dumber plays that I've seen, the Jimmy Ward. I, I don't yeah. know what he was thinking. And then you go in to halftime down instead of with the lead. And obviously it didn't matter. They came back and played well. But the defense has me, yeah, has me nervous right now because it, you look at the final score and you're like, oh, well, they cruised. Well, they were down by – Niners were up by six about halfway through the third quarter, and the Seahawks were driving in Niners' territory. And then Amenahew gets, gets the strip, Bosa recovers the fumble, and, and kind of the rest is history. But where I get the most nervous with this is that I think they've given up over 100 yards rushing in two of their last three games now. Um, Devontae Adams abused them. And DK Metcalf did too in this past game. So do I get a little worried with possibly Justin Jefferson? Maybe let's see what happens in this game and we're recording as the vikings and giants are playing do i get a little worried with that do aj brown and Devante smith worry me yeah that that kind of worries me because brian you said yeah they can score with this these teams now but when you do have issues on the defensive side a turnover here a fluky play there and the game can turn very easily now they did turn it around they did have some big plays but they're definitely don't look like the unstoppable force they were in the middle of the season. So that has me a little bit nervous. And we're going to see if they can turn it around. They certainly have the talent, but, you know, Bosa was kind of, he didn't, he was neutralized yesterday, I thought. Um, he didn't really do much of anything. So the secondary is an issue. Game.
2: It was Bosa's first game this year without a pressure.
3: Oh, he didn't have one pressure, really. The whole game, wow. one pressure. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's his first playoff game without a sack, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. So he just, yeah, he just didn't. So that, that definitely has me worried a little bit. And I think we're, we're being naive, or kind of turning a blind blind eye to it. If we if we say it's not, that's something that we'll see as they move forward if they could bounce back. But I'm I'm, deaf again. Big picture, I want to win a Super Bowl. So in terms of winning a Super Bowl, I'm I'm a little bit worried.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Obviously, they've had three of their worst performances in the last three weeks, right? Um, which is not ideal. You know, going into the postseason and then the first game of the postseason Uh, but the other thing is we talked about it you know it is difficult to beat a team three times and if you you know if you as an offensive staff if you are seeing a defense for the third time you're gonna have some some wrinkles right you're gonna have some some things that that you're gonna try and get them on and and it seemed pretty evident to me that they went into this game saying Nick Bosa is not going to be the reason that we lose this game and they seem to neutralize him pretty well but you saw what happened once you got both, both neutralized and then you've got Charles Amenohu who I believe had five pressures in this game and had the one sack should have had two um and so sure yeah the focus guy and you're the other the other three are are, are good enough to get home and so um i it, it's it's concerning but i uh, again i'm not I, i'm not going to hit the panic button yet uh, they still only gave up 23 points to a uh, a playoff team right i mean that's let's let's stop let's stop uh you know let's let's stop parsing our words here this is a playoff team and this was the playoffs and they still only gave up 23 um and they scored 41 so um you know and then uh you got to the point where now we can have uh you know we can have uh cartoons like uh like this one from uh Dave Rapoccio, who is uh at draw play Dave. Uh, and you've got Kyle Shanahan uh disrespectfully dunking on the gum chomping Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. And if you cannot see that, uh the sweatshirt that uh that Kyle Shanahan is wearing says Bosa Deebs Nuts. So <laughs> uh I saw that uh yesterday and I was like, Oh, I gotta get that on the show because that's that's phenomenal, but you know, the, the defense again, you know, the, I don't know that you can sustain the kind of play that they, that they had, uh, especially, you know, before these last three games, they were historically good, right. You know, how many shutouts did they have including uh, against the the Cardinals last week, they added to their total. So, um, you know, and I guess I said the last three weeks they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't play, they didn't play terribly against, uh, against Arizona. Uh, somebody actually commented, uh, and I'm glad that they did, uh, said Kyle was bumping, uh, Seahawks play, uh, in the scrum. And, Ooh. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen again, cause I actually have this up, uh, and I wanted to touch on it. You know, you said earlier, uh, Zane, that you've, or, or maybe it was, Al. one of you said that, that the turning point of the game was when, uh, when Debo got his, his ankle twisted. And what I loved to see was uh, when that happened, Kyle Shanahan uh, ended up uh, out on the field uh, in the midst of, uh, of the Seattle Seahawks players. And hopefully this will come through, but you see him here. He's in the scrum, like he's in with the Seattle players. He's like, I don't, I don't care for trying to hurt my, my all wide receiver. I'm coming." to let you know that is that is unacceptable and i love seeing that from the head coach and and i agree that that it it did seem to kind of knock the entire team out of their uh their that that tight play that they had in the first half uh but i still feel like the point of the game really was that amenahu strip sack which you know seattle was on their way to possibly scoring another touchdown to go up 24 23 they get the strip sack they go down and score and all of a sudden it's 31 to uh what 3117 and and the route is on so as much as as much as people want to the you know the that play being the the turning point if you will uh the twisting of Debo's ankle i really do think it's still a who sack that go uh, unnoticed and so um so yeah it's uh it, it, it's concerning but again they made big plays when they needed to strip sack uh, interception by, by Diamador Lenore shout out to Lenore who, you know, had, a, had quite a few people kind of questioning whether he should be on the field or not. And for him to have the game that he did against, against Seattle, I think was big for him as well.
2: The 49ers had, I believe uh, eight drives, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, sorry, 10 drives. They had 10 drives yesterday they scored on eight of them the other two drives a punt and the kneel down to end the game i mean that's fantastic mm-hmm. that's that's unbelievable and that to and me, they probably didn't play that well <laughs> they were yeah, a little shaky you know
3: what i mean they were yeah. a little shaky like they weren't even hitting on all
2: cylinders yeah absolutely they, they weren't hitting on us on all c- cylinders and you know, Brock missed a couple of open guys at the beginning and Ayuk dropped the touchdown and the defense, you know, had a couple lapses as well. It, it could have been it could have been worse and for the Seahawks. And I think that all the concerns that we have about the defense. First of all, uh, before getting getting to that uh to address your point about Kyle being in the scrum. I don't know if you guys remember but in um and we're old enough to remember because we're old farts, but remember in uh, the 90 the 94 playoffs <sighs> the when worst. they played the Bears. And uh Steve Young had a had a quarterback keeper uh, up the middle for a touchdown and he got hit uh i think sean gale hit him in the end zone and he had, he was like clearly in the end zone and, like popped him and right away the goat comes up and like he's ready to fight it's not like hey don't do that it's like hey we're fighting and there's like 10 guys 10 like oh, the entire Niner yeah. team gets in there and they're and there that that kind of was what reminded me of of what happened yesterday where it's not like hey don't do that it's like hey we're fighting and we're fighting right yeah. now.
1: yeah brandon Ayuk was the one that like initiated that just like Jerry rice. And, uh, I I think Brandon Ayuk, we can start calling Brandon Ayuk the smoke monster because he wants all the smoke because Brandon Ayuk, if you remember in camp was also the one that tried to fight Fred Warner after Warner gave a pop to one of the, uh, like practice squad wide receivers. It wasn't even one of the guys that was going to make the team. So, uh, I love it. Zane, that's a great, uh, a great comparison.
3: Yeah, and yeah, I you've made that big block on that Debo touchdown run, too. You know, he's yep. doing the little things yesterday as well. And I wanted to say about Debo really quick. He didn't have a great season. We talked about it. He had some injuries, numbers-wise, anyway. He didn't have too many prolific games. Well, he did in the in this game, and he came up huge. Six catches for a buck 33, had the 74-yard touchdown catch, three carries for 32 yards. And that's kind of starting to be a theme for him in the playoffs. You know, in the NFC Championship game, he has, uh, what was it, 98 total yards and in, in a big touchdown in that game. In the wild card last year, he had 72 yards rushing and a touchdown, um, three catches for 38 yards in that game. He's starting to, to be someone you can rely on to be a clutch player in the playoffs, and it was good. I thought that they definitely needed him to get going again, and, and it looks like he did. So, I wanted to give Debo a shout, and I thought we had to say something about him for sure on the show because he he did step up so much. I yeah, think
1: Debo the most was I would say. I think the most impressive thing on that on that touchdown catch that he had. Uh, I have it on, on my timeline. I'm sure you can find it anywhere, but go back and watch that. You can literally see Debo shift gears at the opposite 40 yard line and pull away from everybody. It's like, like I said, go watch it. And, and it, I'm not, it's not hyperbole. It's not, and it's, you can literally see him go into another gear and, and it almost looks like another mile or two, an an hour faster, right? Where he just pulls away from me and it's and it's done. And it was I mean, the 49ers are just full of guys that when you get the ball in their hand, any one of them can house it. And 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 it's no other offense in the NFL has that capability like the 49ers do. And that's what makes them so incredibly dangerous.
3: Yeah. And that not was, even house house it sorry Zane. there there were Three or four plays I can think of off the top of my head where you're talking second and 12, third and eight, whatever it was, and they catch a five-yard pass, and I was like, oh shit, you know they got, and then they just make a move and they're five more yards down the field for the first down. Kittle did it once, Debo did it a couple times, McCaffrey seems like he constantly does it, and just little things like that too that keep the chains moving. The whole offense is is like a cheat code, it looks like it's it's finally finally starting to hit what we all hoped it could.
2: Yeah, I think that when we look at the, the embarrassment of riches that they have on offense. It, it could be any number of guys that, that beat you. Kid only had two two receptions yesterday, but both of them were important. But that being said, McCaffrey also only had two receptions as well. And, and it goes to your point Al, where they, they probably could have had more and they probably could have done more. It's just, I, I really feel like this is one of those things that makes it so hard to defend them. And this is going to be one of those things going forward as we move forward in the playoffs that teams are going to have troubles trouble matching up with because you don't know who it's going to be. All right, cool. They want to bracket McCaffrey, take him away. All right. Debo's going to kill you. All right. D- you want to take away Debo, double him. All right. Ayuk's going to kill you. You want to take that away? Kittle's there. And if if you have a quarterback who's putting the ball where it needs to be, all of that works, right? Because if, if it were, if it were somebody else that was not able to get it to the open guy or make the proper read, then then we'd have an issue right like jimmy struggled with this a lot right where they would take somebody away and he just wouldn't be able to find another option that's the difference to me between those two guys is that there's certain things that brock does that that jimmy didn't do that held jimmy back when he was when he was starting here and i think that that's allowed kyle to really open up the offense and and this is really what we've been hoping for all along when when kyle got here is is to see this type of offense he didn't have necessarily all of the pieces that he has now but this is what we were hoping for in terms of production, in terms of point production. So they finally had that going. This is a team that nobody wants to play, right? Like this is we're, – we're watching, I don't know, the score of the uh, the, the Giants of Vikings game right now. The 24-24 right now. All. Perfect. Yeah. I want a triple overtime game. I want <laughs> lots of minutes on those bodies. And I want Minnesota to come here to Levi's to play the 49ers. I think that's that's the easiest matchup for the Niners offense as we look forward to – potentially a divisional round matchup and the Vikings have the, the 31st ranked defense in the league. So second to last, and they're awful on that side of the ball and the 49ers now have an offense that can exploit that because in the past you go up in that against that matchup and and you say, well, so-and-so team has the 32nd ranked defense in the league. Well, the offense could never exploit it because they can never put up points. That's the difference this year is that the offense will be able to exploit it. So to me, you've got, you've got your choice of here, obviously, You've got Minnesota, Dallas, or Tampa Bay. You're gonna play one of those three teams next next weekend. We don't I'm not sure if it's gonna be Saturday or Sunday. We haven't decided yet. But
1: I've, I I choose Minnesota.
2: Game. I'm sorry.
1: I think it depends on the game. It depends like on the, the opponent. game. Right?
2: On the opponent. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, you know, I want Minnesota, right? Justin Jefferson scares the hell out of me, but that's the matchup I
1: want because of that Minnesota defense.
0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: I want to host the NFC championship game. That's what I want personally. That's what I, and so to me, the two teams that I think have the best shot of beating Philly in Philly in the divisional round are Dallas and or Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't think that this giants team can do it. Although. The Giants team barely lost to Philadelphia last week in week 18, and they were playing the majority of their backups. So maybe Giants have what it takes. Um, but ideally, my my hope is again that that the uh that that the, the Vikings win and then whoever the Phillies play or the, the Phillies, whoever Philly plays in the divisional round comes out with a dub because that means that then the NFC championship game will be in Santa Clara. But here's the thing that I think is interesting. Um I I don't I don't want Dallas or Tampa Bay to beat Philly because I don't want to play them. I just want to host the NFC Championship game. I honestly I am not concerned with any team that remains in the NFC when it comes to the 49ers as an opponent. But do you know who is concerned? Who is scared? It's Eagles fans. Eagles fans are already tweeting about the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way that they're going to face them is in a potential NFC championship game, which is still two weeks away. And yet Eagles fans are already tweeting about it. And so I, uh, I, I poked the bear a little bit and I said, Eagles fans tweeting about the 49ers a full two weeks prior to a potential NFC championship game (laughs) tells you everything you need to know about how they're feeling. And then I included a GIF of uh, Ralph Wiggum's wetting his pants. Uh, I remember that's that what,
2: episode. That was so good. That is what
1: they are doing. <laughs> and I love it. I love it because it means that we're already in their head. They're terrified. They are genuinely terrified. And I love every second of it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?